Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. You're back, buddy. Yeah, I'm back. Give a shout out to Luke Lipinski. Thanks, Luke. Same day notice. An absolute pro. We talked about game three. You and I are here to talk about game four. A 129 to 124 Suns win over the Denver Nuggets. This series is, am I being too dramatic in saying it is improbably tied 2-2? No. I feel like it's pretty improbable, man. No. What they've done. I think it's not improbable, but they did find something which it didn't feel like they were close. And then, again, game two felt like a little something. Game three, okay. And then game four happens, and it's more the same. And, yeah, I just think they found something. And I don't know if we necessarily saw it coming, but... I wouldn't say improbable just because we saw kind of how this would operate with KD and Booker in the regular season, and they just had to refine that against a team that, look, the Nuggets, Michael Malone's questioning their transition defense and that kind of thing right now, and and he's not giving answers like our schemes need to, we need to throw adjustments because they did throw an adjustment, and it was the one that really burned them, which was... Landry Shaman had 14 fourth quarter points because he was just getting wide open because they're sending help book and Katie's way. So I don't know. It's you need to see changes from them dramatically now, like we saw changes from the Suns in Game Three to to see this going a different way. I guess. So ever since Monty changed up the rotation, more Jock Landale. We've got Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren in the mix. More Landry Shamit, less Tory Craig and Josh Kogi. I want to preface by saying Torrey Craig and Josh Kogi played just as hard as anyone on the team. That's not a thing about them. But whatever changed there, getting back home, I don't know what it is. But they're just outworking Denver right now. And I loved covering the Suns team two years ago and the one a year ago too because they would just hate these moments in games or just flat out the whole game and they would just be like, you're not going to beat us because we're going to work harder than you. Like, if you want to meet us up here, we can meet each other up here, but they're going to have to beat us while we're both at the same level. Like, you're not going to get higher than us, first of all. And, like, the Minnesota game, the two small game with Jay Crowder and Carl Anthony Towns is, like, a one that always comes out to mind where they triggered that gear. Like, the two small thing happened and then they came out in the second half and were like, okay, you're getting us. Like, get, like, get ready to outwork, not, not outwork us. Just, you're going to have to beat us now. Yeah. And they've gotten back to that form. I didn't see it all year. Uh, a lot of it was due to injuries. A lot of it was due to reintegration. A lot of it was due to just getting guys in. But I never saw that team this year. Now I'm seeing it again. It's two straight games now. Uh, Kevin Durant unprompted, what, unprompted when he was talking about Jokic and Murray just said, we just play extremely hard. You're not going to stop these guys, efficient players. But we played hard. I think that made up for it. And then I asked Book because he is the guy who brought up wear down effect first and made me kind of coin the term and recaps and stuff like that. And I asked him if he agrees that like these last two games have been like the return of that. And then he said, yeah, I feel that. It's hard to do it for 48 minutes for both of these teams. So that's why these moments come down to who wants it. I like our group as in I like our chances. If this is going to come down to who wants it more, I like our chances. And they did not outwork the Clippers last series, not even close. 
but they are definitively outworking the Nuggets. And to close on that point, Kevin, if the Nuggets want this to be a shot-making festival, uh, they're going to go home in six games. Yeah. I mean, Jokic was, I believe he was like 15 for 20 heading to that fourth, and then he only shot 50, only 50% down the stretch. He missed a key little, I think TJ Warren was contesting him on one of his last misses. I don't know if that's wear down, but like, I don't want to question that dude's fitness, but he's playing heavy minutes. Um, Jamal Murray, like Landry Shamit, even the games where he was getting cooked by Jamal Murray, he was working, and it's like, oh, he's... He's just got to work a little harder, and suddenly the shot's short, or if he's off, he's not hitting everything. Like, they were hunting him again, Shamit, madly, and it just wasn't efficient enough for it to be worth it. Dribble, and then dribble, dribble, no one dribble, else dribble, is getting dribble, going, dribble, and suddenly dribble, dribble. you're... Like, the Suns are fine with Jokic scoring 53, and, and that's where it's suddenly... <laughs> you said that out at, loud, and you're right. Look at the... Eight players played for the Nuggets. Their bench suddenly looks super thin, and now the Suns have contributions from T.J. Warren. Campaign's not in the bench anymore for now. Yeah. But So it was KCP in Game 2. It was Aaron Gordon in Game 1. Uh, those guys, that kind of contribution for them. I mean, Bruce Brown in Games 1 and 3, I believe. Um, maybe it was Game 2. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But their bench combined for 11 points when Shamit hit his third three. It was for 11 points, and I looked at Denver, and I was like, okay, shame with their third high-leading score because he just started hitting threes. He's got 11, and I look over, and Aaron Gordon only has 11. He finished with 11, Michael Porter Jr., 11, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, 10. It was over 60% of the total points in this game were from Jokic, Murray, Duran, and Booker. That cannot work for Denver. We're at the point now where you just have to expect 70-plus from Booker and Duran every night. Like You just have to be ready for that, and you have to be able to – combat it with more adequate team play and I understand the contradictions that some people from like the Denver area might feel when they hear this but Denver cannot play that way the Suns can if you want to play the Suns that way you're just going to get burned and it's crazy because I include this in the recap and I've said it a million times Denver was awesome in this game for the most part they were really really good in this game but they're just not executing enough defensively and their defensive answers are two on Brooker or Durant, which is often leaving one of them one pass away, and now they're rotating to shooters. Like, Terrence Ross got up six threes again in 17 minutes. I believe the stat I had was he's played 31 minutes, and he's gotten up 12 threes already. Like, he is going to get up threes. Landry Shamit was getting up threes. It was a night where he had a shot falling. We'll, we'll talk about that more in a bit. A huge game for him. Good moment for him. Um, but yeah, man, Denver is just in... I, I think they're just in trouble in this series if they continue to have the games perform this way now will this kind of be more like the dallas series where outside of game seven every location we go to it's more of the same that we see remember in the dallas series what happened was we came here it looked like dallas had zero answers none they had they had no idea and then we would go back to dallas and it would be like the suns had no answer for dallas now that's not what this is but i'm saying Denver was able to get their role players involved. They were able to play a more team-oriented game in those first two games. And then in these two games here in Phoenix, it's become about shot-making and work rate. And the Suns are working harder, and they have better shot-makers. And that's that's what it comes down to for me. So we'll see if Game 5 is finally the change-up of that, like if the Suns have gained momentum or it's a location-based thing, like based on the high-low latitude and longitude. I don't know. I, I think we should highlight the defense because – last two games they do go to an offensive forward lineup 
um, with TJ Warren, Terrence Ross, and like there hasn't really been a massive fall off. Like today, the Nuggets hit a lot more shots, and obviously that was Jokic. But man, I, they're not really making the Suns pay, and that's where like the Denver reporters are asking, like, do we need more contributions from like third guy, fourth guy? Because look, if you're having TJ Warren, Terrence Ross out there, you can hunt them with Jamal Murray. But the Suns basically have one-on-ones with Jokic and Murray and feel good about it. They're not going to do what the Nuggets are doing, which is sending doubles and then screwing everything up. And even Michael Malone said, yeah, we we gave up open threes because we had doubles heading those guys' way. But then we switched out of that. And I I didn't notice this, but he said they switched out of it, and he still hit two more after that. And he said that's just a detail thing. So, like... Whether it's detail or scheme, I guess it doesn't matter. They're giving Landry Shamit open shots and letting him have – is that his best career game as a Phoenix Sun? As far yeah, as importance, 100%. Yeah. yeah, importance, not close. Um, Nikola Jokic, about three minutes into the third quarter, I was like, he's taking over this game, or he's at least starting to. Like, I could feel it. I don't know if the crowd could feel it or you could feel it, but I felt it. He finished the quarter with 18 points and three assists. It was – I called it a typhoon in the recap. It was like a typhoon, like, you know, a tidal wave, like a run is a tidal wave like this was a typhoon Devin Booker had 17 points and three assists the Suns won the quarter 35 to 31 like Jokic was doing the MVP thing in that quarter it was like this game's done I'm just gonna score every time with my weird floaters like Kevin Durant said it's the most not frustrating thing in the world but he's like he said like I just hate playing against the guy because every time you're done with the possession as a defender you have him at a point where he's taking this weird and then it just goes in and that's all he was doing. He was getting to the floater at will. He was getting to the rim at will. He adjusted well to what was a very tight whistle in this game throughout. He did, he adjusted well in the third quarter specifically. Booker hits those two threes at the end of the third quarter. And the first one, I led my story with this. The crowd was like kind of like buzzing after the miss. Like they were ready to make noise. And I, I, I legitimately think he heard that and was like, I'm going to shoot the ball now. And if it goes in, the building's going to explode. It went in, the building exploded. He did like a deep long stare into nothingness uh that way um he's the best son of all time i talked about this last episode and kind of i had the thought bubble the take in the chamber whatever you want to call it that that's what we're seeing right now and he's there now it feels special and different what we're watching i it has to do with the fact sure that he's averaging 37 points per game and shooting 62 percent from the field in nine playoff games but it also feels special because he's becoming immortalized right now we're watching him become the best phoenix sun right now i know the arguments for nash and barkley and i know that it's going to be more of a longevity thing for book because he has a couple more years here at least but it's done now i'm, I'm definitively calling it get the statue ready this is his building. I feel weird cotton in this and because he took them to the finals, he pulled them out of a miserable rebuild. Stayed here, didn't say a piece. So it's like, should we have said this earlier, even last year? Probably, but like if you want to stamp it, I guess this is the stamp. Do do you we probably should before we get too deep into this, we should probably do the why we're sitting here we usually do sit we, here no we always we sit always here. sit here but we're sitting on a certain corner of the court where something happened which we've buried well, to your point that's a footnote and kevin freaking durant continues to be a footnote because of him yeah okay. we'll get to kevin durant in a little bit if you want loose ball late second quarter comes over right towards where jeremy schnell our video content connoisseur 
There's your new job title, Jeremy. How's that? Pitch Does that, that to sound the, cooler to the bosses with their offices and stuff. Get us some crypto change. No, don't you connoisseur. We're, we're, I, that's what it sounds like. What's wrong with Weird you? title. Anyway, connoisseur in crypto. Uh, Josh Akogi lands like two seats to the left of Jeremy. He's pointing at it right over there. Um, the ball is kind of over in that area. A fan picks it up. Nikola Jokic seeing Josh Akogi over there and just in general, like they want to play with pace. He goes over to get the ball like anyone would. He's trying to get the ball back. There's a slight struggle for the ball, I would characterize it as. Jokic gets the ball and in that kind of process... What the pool report, very interestingly, Tony Brothers characterizes as a deliberate shove, and then the absolute pro of pros, Dwayne Rankin, follows up and says, so it, w- so it was a shove. And then Tony Brothers said, yeah, he shoved him. The fan flops back in Draymond Green fashion, and it should be no surprise that a fellow Tom Izzo player, <laughs> I'm not saying Tom Izzo players have a history of flopping, I'm making a Draymond Green joke, that Matt Ishbia... That fan, the Suns owner, flops back a bit. Now, I saw Brendan Clean point out um, you're in these kind of situations where you're like sit, you're standing under your seat. So I think he was just like put a little bit off balance and wasn't in a position where he had his feet firmly under him. It was a very bang bang thing. We're up on our feet, yada yada. Um, he flops back, um, over dramatizes it, however you want to say it. I don't know, but he just he 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 was animated with his animation. The arms went up. The arms went up. <laughs> Jokic gets the ball back. And now we're at the point now where we have to wonder if Nikola Jokic is going to get suspended. Uh, there's two sides of the coin here. There are people saying that Nick, that Matt Ishbia should have just been thrown out of the game because he interacted with the players like that. There is the other side of the coin, which is Suns fans saying Nikola Jokic should have been ejected from the game for how he interacted with a fan. It's a very difficult thing for the league to deal with, and it involves a very prominent figure in the league, which is their newest owner, who has been doing pretty well for himself so far as far as his reputation and this one certainly helps matters he's got everyone on twitter calling him a dog because he (laughs) understood the the and Jokic actually had to like slightly struggle to get the ball out of his hands and Nikola Jokic is an extremely strong man um tidbit one were the Jokic brothers here because my goodness if they weren't here I would put Madden I would be shocked if they were because if they were they probably had to be restrained just like uh, we saw with the campaign instance, which is tidbit number two, Nikola Jokic, wonderful human being, seems like the greatest guy. Just wants to be with his horses, man. Yeah, That's horse all he wants to do. Life. Um, he's had two uh-ohs. <laughs> he had a flagrant two on yeah. campaign, and then he had, you want if that was a shove against Matt Ishbia, he, like, it was a train, a runaway train when he shoved Mark, Markeith Morris in the back. That was a flagrant, too. That was a sp- suspension. So I understand this is not Draymond or Dylan Brooks in terms of the uh, resume, but Nikola Jokic has one, and that factors into decisions like this. It's going to be interesting to see the rule book. We've got screenshots of highlighted instances in the real rule book being sent to us already. But the way that I put it is... I wasn't sure if this was going to be like a suspension type of thing before, but when Tony Brothers, the official, deemed it as a deliberate shove to a fan, and Jokic said it himself, I believe, he was the one who was like, he's the owner, whatever, like he's just a, he's a fan like the rest of them, which is true, but you shoved a fan in the eyes of the official. Here's the thing. Yeah, go ahead. You wrote the story. I read the rule book. You did? Matt Ishbia did put his hand on Jokic very kind of the same time that he was ripping the ball out. Um, now, you should say the other fan... Another fan came up 
after the fact, after this had kind of been over in, in seconds or milliseconds terms, put his hand, shoved Jokic, and did get ejected. Um, the rule book says that the first row does count as the fans, stands, sorry, the stands. So that is counting as entering the stands, and that is against the rules because of that whole mouse in the palace. I believe that's why that's in there. Now, you can enter the stands in the continuation of play is the mm. issue. And so, one, the NBA is going to have to determine if he actually pushed Matt Ishbia very hard, which I don't know. The we'll other, leave that up to Adam Silver. The secondary camera angle from behind Jeremy and behind the seats seemed, from fans' interpretation, seemed to suggest more shove than flop. Anyway, I, I've yeah. not talked about ba- I've talked about basketball only for so long now that I can handle this conversation for another good like five minutes. I feel great right now. You're doing. Can you imagine great. doing this like three months ago? I would have wanted to end it all. I don't even remember what I was saying. What was all I right. saying? My brain's broken. But anyway, so if he can, if they do say, okay, this is a push, a shove, and you're not allowed to do that, well, he could say, this is a continuation of play. Like, how do you interpret that? Like, it, yeah, technically it's a dead ball, but. How long... Because, like, Ishbia held on to it. He knew what he was doing, too, I think. And if you say, okay, the smart center who's playing basketball and the smart owner who used to play basketball are both trying to dictate the pace of the game, one of those things is elite... Well, the illegal thing is on Ishbia for doing that, but also if he gets suspended or fined, what is that to his basketball team? If the other guy gets suspended or fined for shoving him... That's a lot bigger of a problem for his basketball team. So I think that's kind of the fun. If we do the math, uh, Ishbia probably wins in any case. There's no, there's no winning for Jokic. He, he might get fined. I don't, I don't think he's going to get suspended, man. I just, I don't uh, see it. Also, it matters that he didn't punch him. Like Tony Brothers said, like he, he shoved him. Like I thought technical was all. Closed fists were not present at the altercation, Kevin. The kerfuffle. Involved no fisticuffs. It's a Here are my two things. Uh, this is a controversy, so people want to have opinions and takes on it. Here are my two. One, Adam Denver Silver. did a dumb thing after the game. Michael Malone said he didn't give a bleep if it was an owner. Very expensive <laughs> people are very important, and I will leave it at that. Two, I don't think he should be suspended either. If I had to make the decision, I would be like, what? No. Like, if, I'm holding, if I'm holding the league meeting and we review the footage and we're like, Kellen, go ahead. Is he going to be suspended? I'll be like, no. Go play basketball now. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to see him get suspended. It would be a tremendous crime. Now, Kevin, is this the basketball gods looking down on the Phoenix Suns and saying, On us we're for not sorry. having to talk about whether the we're Phoenix Suns got past Amari the Denver Nuggets. We're sorry for Amari and Boris beat. leaving the bench. We're so sorry. Here is your version of that in a series where it certainly feels like it'll be really tough to win in Denver twice. They don't have to necessarily do that now that the series is tied 2-2, but it is a critical game five. And I'll leave it at that. I don't want to see him get suspended. I will be actually upset if he gets like I'll be pissed if yeah. he gets suspended because it has been an absolute joy to watch that man play basketball at this level. Just like it was for me to watch Giannis uh, in the finals. Like it's it's it really does compare to that. Like the I never I left that finals thinking like that is one of the best finals 
I, I'm not a finals historian, but that's one of the best finals performances ever. And I don't see, I don't know if I'm ever going to see someone like reach that hype before again. And Jokic and Book are around there right now. They're yeah. in range, which is crazy again because of how good Giannis was in that series. Can we get back to basketball? Yeah. Okay. Um. Hmm. <laughs> Shamit. Hmm. Okay. Let's DA? let's start with threes. Denver right. made seven. Phoenix took thirteen. Again, recipe for disaster. I mentioned the Ross thing. Shamit hit five. Let's talk about Shamit. So, yeah. light booze coming in now whenever he checks into the game. Uh, the uh, agenda, the propaganda, whatever you want to call it, or just the uh, irritation of Suns fans has reached that point now. I described him as the punching bag of the fan base the last two years. I feel like that's fair to say. Now, you could argue that it's DA. But DA has a ton of supporters. There are not many Landry Shamit supporters, and they have uh, fallen off in the last year especially. There have been certain points in the season where it became evident that he couldn't play anymore, meaning not not like his ability, but in terms of choosing to play him as a coach. There was a game in Orlando, I think. I can't remember exactly where it was. Like, he made a play, but his indecision and then, like, also, like, erratic play because he's, like, trying to overcompensate and press because he's being indecisive, um, like, reached a point where I was just like, hey, gosh, he can't play anymore. Like, he's, he's trying so hard. He works so hard. He plays well defensively. He's a plus shooter. He can give you a little bit more offensively outside of that, in theory. But it's, just, it's been 100 games. You're paying him this money, I understand, but he can't go there. Monty continues to play him, and then in this series specifically, the best thing to kind of ever happen to Landry Shamit, and, and by proxy, I guess the team in a way, has just been Josh Akogi's kind of been ineffective on Murray so far. He was great on him in Game 3, great on him, uh, or in Game 2, I'm sorry. Uh, but then Game 3, he struggled a bit, only played 10 minutes, and then in this one, he only played 17. It was more of the same where he, he struggled, to. it was in the first quarter, Murray got going again. Um and then Shamit comes in, and look, is Shamit, uh, the effectiveness in terms of the field goal attempts and whatever they say, I'm guessing Shamit's percentages are the same as Akogi's in terms of how well Murray is shooting on them. But my goodness, Kevin, he is making him work so hard to score. And even if the confidence thing that I talked about uh, after game one where Murray just knows that guy is food, well, the food is making him work extremely yeah. hard, and he was exhausted at multiple points in game three and I noticed it again tonight that he was tired throughout stretches of this game and that's because of how much he's having to do to score and a lot of it a lot of it has to do with Shaman and I put it at the point where one of the if we're looking at like the six or seven like factors of this series through seven games one of them is how hard Landry Shaman is making Jamal Murray work I really do believe it's to that point because in terms of this just this like shot making thing in the series coming down to shot making who is the defender that is forcing the shot makers to work the most it's been Aaron Gordon on Kevin Durant so far but now Shamit's like in in the conversation he's at least on the list and oh yeah he hit five threes like that that was going to come for him at some point but I just want to really emphasize the defense because people are going to see the 19 points the five threes but it's really his defense that is is a catalyst for it all for him one of the points of emphasis for um, Denver afterwards was like getting that third guy involved and like Shamit is baiting them into going into this offense where the Suns have done this in the past too they did it against Denver a lot uh, two years ago which kind of takes you out of your offense but they're just matchup hunting and it was a lot of Jamal Murray and it's like they're baiting him because we know he wants to go at the dude even if he hits a couple of tough shots, it's a lot of dribbles, a lot of posting up, 
a lot of not running offense. And then you go look at the bench contributions again. Outside of Jokic and Murray, there's not much scoring, and it's a matter of, okay, like, you guys really want to, again, to your point, play the your two against our two best guys, and the Suns are baiting them into that. The Suns are getting more out of their two guys, their bench guys beyond their two stars, and I, I think the Shamet part that kind of goes unnoticed is like he always has done that like he's he's always been a really solid defender like he's really stocky but thin and it's just like okay he doesn't look like he's a good defender but like his effort has been there like today I thought it was another level even compared to last game where it was just bothering Murray and it's more not physical but it's just like I'm afraid to turn around and face you and put the ball down in front of you I'm just gonna turn around and take jumpers over you which like you can be Jamal Murray you can be Devin Booker but that's still not the most efficient shot it's not um Mikel Bridges had a tweet he tweeted out tweeted out cheese emojis referencing Shaman Cheese aka Cheese what he calls Landry Shamit uh, unique guy that Mikel Bridges he tweeted I just know my boy works too hard with a shrugging emoji and that is his way of saying eventually if you work that hard, to, to, like it's going to come to fruition. You it, said it, he had 14 points in the series to this point. He had 14 in the fourth today. 14 so. in the series. He had six field goals uh, coming into this uh, in seven playoff games. He had six field goals. He had six tonight. Um, he was fantastic. And again, first words out of Michael Malone's mouth of a name of a player on the Suns. Well, he killed them. Game three, Jock Landale, easily the third the uh, best supporting cast member on either team. And in this one, Landry Shamit, without a doubt. Uh, Kevin Durant had a pretty good night. 11 of 19, 36, 11, 6, 2, and 1 with five turnovers. The turnovers got a bit high for Booker and Durant, five apiece. But that's okay. When everyone else was taking care of the ball, only one turnover for Josh Kogi, two for campaign, and then everyone else did not have one. They had 28 assists as a team. 22 of those came from Durant, Payne, and Booker, two for T.J. Warren, one for Jock Landale, three for Josh Okogie. That speaks to your point of the ball is moving, the ball is circulating, they're playing point five really well. Uh, Durant, 12 of 13 from the line. Again, he now has 29 free throw attempts in the last two games. This was a – we knew five minutes into this game, like it's going to be a light whistle. Maybe they'll adjust at halftime. But no. he was on it right away. They did not adjust at halftime. They kept <laughs> blowing the freaking thing. And the Suns were the ones who were being the, the aggressors more consistently. Now, Denver was still attacking, don't get me wrong, but they weren't getting into the teeth of the defense and then being physical there. That's what you, uh, Durant was doing pretty much the entire time he was out there. 44 minutes for him, 40 for Booker. We're just going to keep mentioning it. <sighs> we won't discuss it anymore. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I wrote after game two that the Suns can't go out in a blaze of glory here if they win the series, but they're playing these guys super-duper high minutes and the, their high leverage minutes with Chris Paul hurt, then they're putting themselves in a position where they can't win the championship. I didn't write it like that, but I was basically saying, like, you can't win a title if you're wearing these guys down through two rounds, uh, but who knows if they're wearing them down. Maybe they can just do this for a month. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep saying it until they look worn down. It was only game two. That was pretty much it. And then after that, it's been a different kind of story. Anything else you got? No. That was a lot, but it was fun. Yeah, uh, the Pushbia game, the Nikola Jokic 50-burger game, the Landry Shamit game, the Devin Booker is the best son of all time now game. DA, quick thoughts. He looked better. Uh, He was better, but 
there is a uh, so Mike Vigil pointed this out on the Timeline podcast. I listened to their game three recap. I was interested to hear the fan perspective, certainly after that kind of performance out of him. And the thing that he pointed out is there's a cycle that we get into where the people who are praising Aiden and want us to talk about Aiden when he plays well kind of create this reactionary cycle where after he plays super bad and then he plays well, like like well, he plays well, and he does the effort things, we need to compliment him on doing the effort stuff. But the effort stuff should just be mandatory the entire time. I did not think he played good defense in this game. Um, I don't know if people will agree or disagree, but I just saw too many lapses for him defensively again. The effort plays were there. There were a few handfuls of them. The start of the game, for goodness sake, he grabs three offensive rebounds on the first off, uh, possession of the game. So I thought he was better. But again, we got to keep reminding ourselves as people were talking about going into this game, like this is a max level center. Yeah. And you just have to keep reminding yourself of that. And he has not had a good postseason at all. And again, the way the discourse has talked about him, like we know what he's capable of. We know the standard that he should be held to. The bottom line is with the, the amount of money that he's getting paid, and how good he is supposed to be. He has not been that guy at all, and he was not that guy tonight, to be clear. I think the best thing that he did and Jock Landale did was make it difficult for Jokic. Uh, Monty pointed that out for certain, that... um, that like none of those 53 like felt easy, and Jokic was having to work through physicality to get pretty much everything. And I uh, I agree with him. So I, he was he was fine, but he needs to. I don't want to go as far as so the Suns have so much going right against the Nuggets. I don't want to treat DeAndre like it's a make or miss thing right now. But he has to be better defensively right now for them to win a championship. Yeah. I think they can probably still get by this series if he plays this way defensively. But it's uh, I. I will say I do wonder, not just mentally, but even physically, that's a lot when a dude's putting that much on you. Yeah. Um, And asking him to do a ton more is, I know, again, max player, asking a lot. But I wonder how much it wears down on a big body like that, too. Because, like, 53, 11 assists. Yeah. You're basically guarding the ball it, the whole time. It did time in the Clippers, big... though. It would be different if this was a first-round series, but we saw this yeah. guy in the in the first round as well. Um, Any, like, Game 5 stuff you see here? I I just want to know, because, we, like I mentioned earlier, possibly on this, possibly on the video we did, I want to see Michael Malone react like Monty reacted in Game 3. I want to see them do, oh. like, whether it's lineup changes or huge very obvious scheme things not just like hey we're gonna double book and kevin durant a couple times here and there or maybe we'll switch it up like they can't keep doing what they're doing i guess is what i'm trying to say and i think that's where nuggets fans probably are at too it's like all right you had a 2-0 lead you blew it that's that's fine relatively fine but you gotta you gotta start adjusting because they did and now they're better than you right now yeah matt moore tweeted like monty went through his whole bench is mike malone going to look at uh, Chanchar, is he going to look at Thomas Bryant? Is he going to look at Peyton Watson or Zeke Naji? Like, is he going to bring in Reggie Jackson? Like, these types of things you have to consider. But I think schematically as well, I have a ton of respect for Michael Malone as a coach and just Denver as a team that I thought they would find figure out a way to get Ross and Warren and more actions defensively. Yeah, they kind of that's a good one. They kind Easy of did, but again, what we were seeing in the last month of the regular season, it's a testament to how much better Ross and Warren are playing right now. Sure. But you would see at least like three or four baskets a game where you're like, that was them. They screwed up. Like, they got to be better. There was a botched switch on Murray in game three. And then in game four, I didn't really see any of that. I, there were a couple of fouls that they had. But that's that's the other thing. So 
I wanted to definitively say I've said it everywhere. I'm going to say it everywhere again. Monty Williams is out coaching him. A lot of scrutiny from Monty, especially in this series, and he's been the better coach by far at this point. I think it was already there in game three, but now we're four games in, and it's going to have to take a Michael Malone kind of masterclass here to change the tone of the series once more for me to say it because what Monty, especially the bonus points he gets for trusting Shamit this long and then getting the performance like that was the thing is we were still looking around and saying like okay is anyone else gonna do anything here like they need someone else to do something eventually and it was it was Shamit in this game um main thing for game five assuming Chris Paul does not play is that moment gonna come where we look around and we're like oh man they miss Chris Paul they it slightly came in this game it didn't really come in game three I know the pace is such a huge upgrade and all that stuff but they miss Chris Paul still and I think there's a very good chance at some point in game five we see it how will campaign and the other guys, the other ball handlers, respond to it? It's going to be big. They haven't really used that because Book's been playing down the stretch of open Landry Shamit, Terrence Ross, TJ Warren. So Tough deal. It's a tough deal to figure out, and uh, they, Denver's got to figure it and out. Kevin Durant, obviously. Like I said, I'm, I'm curious to see before we go. Is there anyone from Denver's bench that you looked at coming into the series? Where you, I, Reggie Jackson's obvious, but... Outside of their eight guys, is there anyone you were looking at? Considering he does not seem to be having great optimism about his current players, I think that's where Reggie Jackson's just offense, and I don't know about that. I don't know, man. I was stalling to look something up. Denver is still minus 162 uh, in this series, betting-wise. Suns are plus 136, so like a slight, 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 slight underdog. That's basically like a... Vegas saying like they have the home court we'll give it to them it's basically a coin flip yeah um I was curious to see if it shifted dramatically in Phoenix's favor based on the momentum of the series and they say no which I think I agree with yeah I don't know Reggie Jackson maybe I think another ball handler would be a good idea it would throw them off for sure but then he has to guard someone yep that is why he's not playing probably tough tough stuff against this team tough stuff don't have answers all right you ready to talk over zoom again next time yeah have fun in Denver again. The marathon begins. When's my flight? It's in 10 hours. I should go home. Yeah. All right. Bye, bud. See ya.